Welcome back to another episode of The Rest, a podcast where you get to hear the rest of the story and where we continue the conversation that Sunday started. I'm your host, Jared Jacobus, and right next to me, and I mean right next to me, right here, is Joel. Joel. Hey, I got a question of the day. Yeah? What's the wildest and craziest thing you've ever done in your life? You know, the thing that comes um, to mind right away is when I was in... It was either, it wasn't in college. It was like right after college, yeah. right after I got married, I actually went on a little, a mission trip. Okay. Have you heard this story? Out West to, uh, a, maybe. to a Native American. It might come to me. Tribe. I think I have heard this story. And uh, so we spent time with the, the people that lived in that community. And we spent time with uh, these kind of, younger boys that were like, you know, like high school kids. And they, they were like, we want to, you know, show you something that we kind of do all the time. And basically they took me out. This was out in uh, like Spokane, Spokane, Washington. Yeah. Out in the mountains. Area. And they took me out to like the, the clear water river. Okay. It was very, very clear, you know, like. Pretty true to the name. Pretty true to the, true to form. And the, the, you know, water came right off the mountain or whatever. It's beautiful. And um, they, it was a pretty wide part of the river and they were like, come on. And they swam out to this giant rock in the middle of the river. Okay. That, you know, only like the top fourth of it, whatever was exposed. But it was like, you know, it's like the size of, Oh, I don't know. Like, it was this, like a building. Honestly, you know what? It was like the size of like a pickleball court. Wow! Like the top, yeah. just a big rock, and relatively flat or whatever. And you could you could put like twenty people on it. Like just yeah. like they'd all swim out there and hang out That's there. Cool. And, but what they would do is they would. Uh, there was a hole in this rock. A hole. A hole, and they would dive in upstream, and then dive down. Under oh, the, hole the surface, under the water, under the water wow. and then they would go in, through this hole and pop out on the other side. That's pretty wild. And they were like, you should do that. And they were like, you know, like, like, and they showed me like four people did it. And they did it. And I was like, oh, I, I could do that. So I like jump in and I start diving down and like, you know, you're like the water's behind you. So it's like pushing yeah. you up against the rock and like my head's like butting up against the the rock and I'm like going you deeper. You ever have a moment where you're like, I shouldn't have done this. I mean, dude, that's the point. Like it was the <laughs> dumbest thing I've ever done. And so then finally, like I get to the point where I can kind of feel yeah, like, oh, there's like an opening. It starts to get like more, like the wall goes from like flat to like slanted to like, oh, there's a hole. You know, it's kind of like algae and gooey and slippery. So like I start to go towards it and I like go in it and it's just pitch black. Yeah, I bet. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And and then I swim through it and, and then I, and it's black. And then I see a little bit of light and I'm like, oh, good. And then my shoulders got stuck. Oh my gosh. Wow. So like, I'm like, you know, swimming flat or like, I'm kind of like put my arms out in front and like my shoulders get stuck and I'm like, 
oh, and I like twist over to the side and then it like shoots me out. Wow, that's wild. And, you know, I was like, I, afterwards, I was just like, yeah, man, like I went down there and like my shoulders got stuck and they're like, yeah, bro. Like, you know, like, like four or five people over like the past 20 years have died. Oh my God. Doing gosh. this. And I'm like, what? And like, in retrospect, I just can't believe I did that. I would never, ever, ever, ever do that now. That's a cool story. I I, I would never do that. Glad like, you made it out. I never thought about how you get pinned up against the. I just yeah, water flowing and water flowing. You're done. Uh, yeah, you don't go through the hole. You're, I mean, I'm sure there's a way. I don't know. And not everyone would die and whatever, but it just I I look back on that. I'm like, I would literally never do that. I wouldn't let my kid do that. Yeah, for sure. I know. Like if I'm there, I'm like, you're not doing that. You're going to die. Like my wife would never let me do that. So no one there was like, maybe you shouldn't do that. No, it's just kind of like, dude, we're with the, we're with the people, man. Let's do it. That's cool. That's cool. That was a wild and crazy thing to do. I've skydived. Yeah. Was that fun? Fun. I've thought about it. Feels infinitely more safe than what I just described to you. Yeah. You just, so you go skydiving and they're like, Hey, you're going to be with Rick and he's, He's done this, done this 12,000 times. 12,000 times. Literally thousands, these people. He's done it 12,000 times. You got to shoot. You got to back up Have you ever had any shoot. problems? Never. That's cool. And you're like, okay, well. Guess I'll do it. Mm-hmm. You guys do trick-or-treating? Mm. Yeah? Yeah, the, yeah. Kids dressed up? Kids dressed up. What'd they go as? Kellen, our 13-year-old, went as Shrek. Oh, that's cool. It was he's, like a resurgence of Shrek. Yeah. And he's like a bigger, Big taller old kid, kid. So that's cool. And he has like, he had the full, it's like a, it's like a giant, like, you know, man sized, like sleeping, like, uh, jammies. Yeah. And he had like, he has, excuse me, he has Croc, Crocs, Shrek Crocs. That's sweet. So he was all in. And then his little buddy down the street, Owen, was donkey. Oh, that's funny. And he had his his was like the blow up suit where like the air is going yeah. through it. So he's like walking and like his face is in the neck of the donkey. That's funny. And then uh, Redding was a donut. A donut? A donut. Was that an easy to find costume? Yeah, she's been a donut before. Oh, okay. I don't know why she was just feeling just the donut? Be a donut. Easy. And Jet was a gangster. How'd that play out? Did it's like slicked hair back? He or like hat ordered and... a gangster kit on yeah. Amazon. Sounds... It's like hat, gold chain. Sounds like uh, you know, he's he's watched a couple movies. I don't know, man. That's cool though. Yeah, it was fun. My kids You guys, yeah, what were you? They um they didn't wear the costumes we bought them, <laughs> you know. This happened tw- twice, you know, two years in a row. We get them costumes. They wear them as soon as they come in, and then they do something different for Halloween. Like they just they just change their mind. Uh, they get bored with bored it. With it. Or, yeah. So um, Solomon initially wanted to be a tax collector. <laughs> I don't. Like I a, don't like, know. A, like a Jewish I tax. Think so, like, yeah. like Levi the stories. And uh, but he he did an audible last minute. Went as a hockey player. <laughs> That's quite a left turn. Yeah. And uh, Archer went as a fisherman. So he just had a fishing vest and had a little, little bit of gear. 
you're in that season. Like we, we have had stored and given away t- like Tupperware, like giant bins full of just costumes. Yeah. Like kids just like our, they love dressing just, up. you know, transformers and power Rangers and star Wars characters and just every kind of full bodied Spider-Man, you know, yep. Batman. Like we just have had them all. Hulk, yeah. all of it. They do. They dress up throughout the year. Yeah, still. they just all the time. They yeah. dress up. Yeah. All right, we're getting to the sponsor of this episode, Chick-fil-A. Oh! Did you know we, we just got one? I did. We I just know. got one I down know. the street. Right down the street from the church. And it's too good. It is. It's good. They got everything. They got chicken sandwiches, chicken strips, chicken nuggets, Burgers, tacos, burritos, steaks. <laughs> no, they don't. No, they don't have you know my, one of my favorite things on the menu is the parfait. I've never had their parfait. Oh man, it's so it's good. good. Worth a get. Worth a get. My only my only complaint is that I think their fries are kind of lacking. You know, it's they're like fries, but they're not anything to write home about. They're definitely the 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 one thing that like if I'm not gonna eat everything, that's what it is. Yeah. I usually forgo the fries, get a little extra chicken. I like them, but they're not they're they're not special. But yeah. have you been in there? Yeah, it's a cool setup. New new uh, new layout, new way to do it. No counter. Yep. Go to your table, order. Yeah. Everything they do is like on foot, anyways. You know, they're running. They're always it makes running. Makes sense. Well, this week was we pray. We had a special service focused on prayer and connection with God. As we move into We Could this coming week. Um, Since this Sunday was focused on prayer, I have some general questions around prayer. And then I also have an ask for Mm -hmm. our listeners. Mm -hmm. So um, we'll get to that in a little bit. My first question is, since God knows everything about us, including any prayer that we'll ever say, why is it important that we have a regular and consistent prayer life? I mean, I think that part of... Prayer is an expression of faith in the sense that the presence of God is acknowledged. And um, so, you know, part of prayer is not just figuring out what's going to happen. Yeah. It's not just figuring out what you want to ask for, asking, you know, it's, it's, it's connection with, with God, who is I know a being, yeah, alive, um, and 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 so prayer is more than transactional and informational. It's communal, right? It's intimacy with God. So, I think when you start to move in that direction and think about it that way, it's like it's not just a people have to practice it and do it habitually because it's hard to understand the nature of talking to a God that you don't see. Yeah, absolutely. But the, I think that the, the depths of prayer is when, you know, there's a, just a presence of God that you are constantly aware of and you're fluidly engaging with and then specifically engaging with. And so, you're not going to God to find things out, but just to gain the and enjoy the access to God. Yeah. 
That's good. Does how we regularly conduct ourselves have any impact on the response that God gives us to our prayers? Like how we behave? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think that um, I, I, my first thought is that when we're, you know, when we are not acting, living in a way that honors God, we do what Adam and Eve did. You know, we kind of hide from God. So one of the first problems is we just, we draw away from God out of shame, yeah, you know, guilt or whatever. Um, and so I think that that's, that's a piece of it, that it affects the relationship, you know? Um, and then I think when, I think when a person is not acting right, I think they don't pray right either in the sense that their mind is kind of muddied. Yeah, I can see that. You know, and so I, I still think though talking to God when you're, you know, rebelling or whatever that might be, I still think that's really good. Yeah. And I don't think that you have to be perfect to talk to God. I'm just saying that I think that when we're in sin, that we don't really pray according to the will of God. We don't really go to God in the sense, the relational sense that what God might lead you to is, you know, not what you want or not what you're looking for. It's, it's a relationship. And so he's going to ask things of you and you just might not be open to that yeah. because of your blindness and the way that your mind is. And, you know, when you're double-minded or whatever, you're unstable. Um, I've heard one of my favorite preachers of all time is a guy named Adrian Rogers. If, you, if you're just looking for a guy that has one of the most amazing preaching voices and then one of the most gifted, like, preachers over the past 80 years for sure so he's got both sides he does it. man he does he's a he's a powerhouse man he talked about how when we're in sin we don't pray we don't smile we don't talk to god we don't sing kind of based upon some of the psalms and just how we we kind of wreck ourselves yeah and so it just inhibits all these pieces. And so part of you know prayer is getting yourself right, asking for forgiveness, asking for clarity, and moving on. But I think he was talking about a psalm of David where when David was, you know, kind of in, in rebellion or living sinfully, like he couldn't sing. And you can't praise God when you're kind of, it's almost like a stop, yeah. you know? So I think it matters tremendously because in a sense, you know, God holds an exclusive role in our lives to be the, the number one priority, our aim, you know, our resource, understanding he made it all, understanding he loves us. So there's like an exclusive spot for God to be in. And when he's not in that spot, we we malfunction and 
imagine like, you know how it is like with your wife, when like your wife is not in your mind, you know, your priority or, you know, you're not, uh, you, the relationship has problems or whatever, then, um, or your attitude is bad or whatever. Like it, it just makes the interaction funky. Yeah, for sure. So I think of it like that way too. Yeah, that's good. When the Bible says to pray without ceasing, uh, it's it's not saying that you should just like sit still and like pray twenty four seven, right? Yeah. What is what's that specifically referring I to? I think that you know I've heard some different t- takes on that, but like I think that it's kind of a f- coming to the space where you realize that you have ultimate continuous connection with God. Okay. And so a prayerful attitude where you just, you live in such a way that, you know, you're not, you're not needing to beckon God to come into your life, but you're living in such a way that you know, he's present all the time. So prayer doesn't necessarily have, it doesn't always need to have the kind of decorum of, you know, salutation. Yeah. How are you? You know, it's like we pray a lot and we kind of like talk to God, like we address God. Now, now I, I think that we should at times yeah, because of who he is. But I also think that as we go through our lives, we should at, over time come to the place where we recognize like he is like always here. So I don't have to like beckon and pull him in and, you know, restart or anything. It's like weird. Like if we were like camping together and then like every day I was like, Hey, what's your name? Yeah. You know, how are you? Hey Jared, do you have a minute? Can we talk for a second? I have something I want to share with you. And we've been doing this. Yeah. We would do this every day. You're like, dude, just say Jared and talk. Like it'd be weird. So I think that there's just a level of, um, that's what it means is to pray without ceasing and to, um, act, I think part of it too is just like acting in such a way that he's present, you know? Yeah. But I also think that you, you know, should have, like I said, specific times. So maybe it's kind of like you're camping with the president. That's <laughs> like, it's like at a certain point, it's just like, hey man, you want some chicken, you know? Yeah. And you just talk because it's just continuous. But at a certain time, it's like, Okay, now, Mr. President. Yeah, he's very like, important. Figure. I'm addressing you as like who you are and your office and your command and all that stuff. So, I mean, maybe that's a little bit of a sluggish analogy, but I kind of think that it's it it needs to hold that tension. Yeah, that you have reverence. You know, I mean, when Jesus teaches the disciples to play to pray, that's part of that. How would be that name? High is your name. Like I recognize your spot in the hierarchy of all beings. It's the at the top, you know, and that's a that's a form of worship, but that's also a form of getting your mind right about yeah. who he is and who you are. And and so I do think that some ceremony and intentionality in prayer is good because I think that um it's very difficult to practice the presence of God and to live in such a way that you just have a fluid prayerful interaction if you've never kind of carved out through discipline prayer. Yeah. You know, it's like, I think you have to make yourself pray 
before you understand that he's there all the time. Yeah. That's very true. That's true with a lot of things. Yeah. Carve it out. Yep. All right. Now, uh, let's get to the ask. I would say that most listeners of this podcast are actively engaged in our church. So, I think we should spend a little time asking for um, some specific prayers from you guys leading up to We Could. And then um, we can talk about why those prayers are important and and why we need them. Mm -hmm. Do you want to start laying out um, some prayers that that our listeners can can start to engage in? Um, Things specific to We Could? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, I would ask everyone that's listening to this to pray that uh, they are genuinely seeking God's will in their life. Yeah. I know that sounds obvious, but um, it's a big question, right? What is the will of God? What What does God want? And people sometimes think that, you know, you need some type of special revelation, right? Like, yeah. um, you know, like I'm graduating from college. Should I move to California or should I stay here in Ohio? God, what's your will for my life? And that's not, and I don't think that's what that is. I think the will of God is more about the way of life. Yeah. How do you want me to live? What is, what is my purpose in my life to be? And then how does that play out in the world that I live in? So, you know, as we go through, we could, and uh, we pray about God's will. It's, you know, one of the things that, you know, God has, there, there are times in the Bible where it says, like, you know, you said pray without ceasing. I think that's in Thessalonians, pray without ceasing and everything, give thanks, make your request, something like that. And, and it says, it says right in there, I think this is God's will. Yeah. To, to give thanks always. Um, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. I can't remember it. RPG, I remember something like that. But it's in, I think, First Thessalonians 4. But for this is God's will. Um, okay, there you go. You want to know what God's will is for your life? To like constantly thank God. Give thanks. That's what it is. Give thanks. Yeah. Praise God uh, or rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks. And so God's will is for you to be thankful. So, um, you know, another another one of God's will for your life is that you would, you think about the, the things, that you would use your tongue to bring life to people, you know? Yeah, that's like, good. Just a, that's God's will. You know, I mean, James says uh, a person that calls himself religious but doesn't have a tight rein on his tongue deceives himself and is a liar. You know, like if you don't have a tight rein on your tongue, you're not religious. Yeah. It's like, so it's fascinating, right? It's like you, you think you're spiritual, but you can't like control what you say or whatever. So God's will for you is that you like purpose what you say and use it intentionally. These are the types of things that like people want to know, like 
should I go to here or should I marry them or should I quit the job or what should I say specifically in this moment? And that's just not, God's word gives us what we need and more to completely know and and, and move towards his will yeah. based upon the way that he calls us to be. So God's will is that every person is transformed into the likeness of Christ and then every attribute of Christ we morph into. And one of the things that we're called to do is to be generous people. And so our, I would I would I would then say you know am I you know what's your will for my life? Am I am I living your will for my life? And then I would I would stop and say and ask yourself the question, am I a generous person? Yeah, that's a tough question to ask yourself. Yeah, and pray about it. Yeah. Say, God, reveal to me, am I generous or not? And then just like, don't, you know, don't give yourself the answer you think you should give. Don't sugarcoat it. Like, think about it and let it be. And if the answer is no, then say, God, I don't think I'm generous. What's going on with that? Why don't I give? Uh, the Bible says it's better to give than to receive. Yeah, I mean when you when you act that out, you you can feel a difference in your life. Mm-hmm. That's very clear. Mm-hmm. You know, it's true that if you give, you feel better. Yeah, and I think that's part of it. I do. It's kind of like when you're a kid and you get your presents. It is amazing. But also, like, you know, whenever you get something, it kind of like, it goes away. Yeah, pretty quickly. Yeah, you're like, oh, I got this new thing for Christmas. And then, like, you know, if you're a kid, it's like two days later, you're like, this thing is stupid. <laughs> or a week later. Yeah. And even with adults, you know, you get a new car and you're just like, oh my gosh, don't rub up against my car. And then, like, a month later, you're just like, my car's dirty, whatever, yeah. or a year. So when you get stuff, it's just like getting stuff is a weird experience. But when you give something, the joy of giving never goes away. Yeah. So, you, so you do feel different. But I don't think that it means just that it's better to give than to receive because of the way that it makes you feel. I think that what it means is that in life, it's better for people, for the world, for you to be a giver and not a taker. Yeah, it's multifaceted. It's, it's better. It's better on so many different levels. It's just a better way to live. It's like, that's how the world, that's, that's the wisdom that comes from God. It's like, he made the world, he gave himself, he laid that foundation and we're made in his image, so we're supposed to behave like him. And so giving, man, that's like that's like part of your purpose on this earth. So your purpose is better yeah. than you know, than anything you think you could be used for. When I think about purpose, it's like, you know, a lawnmower, you know, I have a little riding lawnmower, you know, it's like the smallest John Deere. It's like a 505 or a yeah. 510 and like 
Its purpose is to ride on my lawn and cut the grass. And when I use it for that, it's perfect. But if I like drive it to CVS, it's like... (laughs) (laughs) I would love to see that. Yeah, it's just like it, it, it suddenly becomes... Stupid, inadequate. Well, this thing is horrible, you know? And this is what happens with people, you know? So it's like when you do and live the way that God has purposed humans to live as self-giving beings of love, it's like, yeah, this is better. Yeah. This is what I'm for. Well, if everyone actually lived that out, we'd be in a utopian society. Yeah, it'd be it'd be more than utopian. And I think that's what's going to end up when heaven comes to earth. Yeah. Is everyone is going to realize and live out such a giving and generous embodiment that society is going to be amazing because of it. Oh, it is. There'll be no 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 death, no sin, no fighting, no murder, no hatred, no... It's kind of hard to imagine, isn't it? It is, because we're still confined to the, you know, the fall, so we can't fully understand it yet. And also, we we also kind of have oversimplified what that looks like, too, and I know it's not what we're talking about, but basically, like, there's still going to be work. Yeah. You know, you're still going to, like, Sleep. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? And think like, oh, when I, you know, whatever, when when the next phase of this whole thing comes, it's like you're just going to be alive all the time. No. And sitting on a cloud. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. Like Jesus, like, you know, the day, the night, the earth, you know, it's like you, you'd work six days and then there was night and there was morning, you know, going to sleep at night, I don't believe is a result of the fall. No. So what I'm getting at is that like there are things about what we have now that the new heaven, new earth scenario will be more like than we thought. It's not like we're just going it, to, it, it's not going to have sin and it's not going to have death, but it's not going to be perfect. Yeah. Which people don't understand well, because perfect means complete. Yeah. It's going to be good. It's going to be and good. We're gonna keep making and we're going to keep making it better. But they'll still be like, you know, tasks and well, that's what we were made to do. And yeah, it so, wouldn't be a heaven if we just sat in a chair and yeah, did right, nothing, right? And like ate grapes, right? For a for a day, <laughs> yeah, for a period me, of time. You can feed me some grapes for a day. Uh, pray for the God's will. Pray to about whether or not you're generous. And. Pray for people in our church. People are hurting and struggling in all kinds of ways. If you weren't at church this Sunday, we um, I had everybody fill out a note card and write personal prayer requests on them, and they put them in the buckets. And so hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of personal prayer requests, and just it was overwhelming the amount yeah. of things that you know people are struggling. Yeah, with. very heavy things. Mm-hmm. Heavy things and. Things that are very normal and and that you might think is unique to you that so many people are struggling with. So, you know, there's um, there's a lot to pray for and um, take some time to pray for the people that are suffering and hurting in our church. Yeah, that's good. Um, I want to add one. Um, 
we should all be praying for uh, leadership of this church mm-hmm. because we we are embarking on a journey yeah. of expanding the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And there's a very real Satan yeah. that does not want us to succeed. Yeah. So, um, you know, as we're in, inviting some some heavy resistance. Yep. So praying for leadership and staff, volunteers through this. Yep. All right. Well, you guys have to be here next week. Have to be here. Next week. It's mandatory. First part of We Could. And then continue to come for the entire series. Yep. Lives will be changed. Blessings will be given. And many, many people will come to know Jesus just because of the movement that gets started. That's right. Um, We could. We look forward to seeing you next week to talk about part one of We Could on the Rest.